Welcome to Podcasts of Waterdeep. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, D&D asked Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords and Josh Peralt from Taking Initiative to create a special 10-episode story with a cross-section of the D&D live play community. Hopefully by listening to some of these episodes, you get jazzed about the possibility of storytelling within Waterdeep Dragon Heist and maybe find one or two new D&D podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and the Waterdeep Dragon Heist adventure book available in game stores now and everywhere, September 18th, head to dnd.wizards.com slash p-o-w-d or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. Here's a brief recap of what happened in the last episode. Waterdeep is a city in turmoil, with factions such as the Zentarum, the Xanathar Crime Organization, and the Harpers all searching for a huge hoard of gold dragon coins hidden in a vault somewhere in the city. The different factions of Waterdeep all know about the three keys needed to open the vault, a set of magical bagpipes, and the celebrity Madame Benedicta, a.k.a. the Star of Waterdeep, are currently in the possession of Waterdeep officials. One other key remains at large, the Widowmaker. During a performance, the wizard known as Manshoon showed his golden hand, and Waterdeep is now on the lookout for where he resides. Have fun listening to this sixth episode of Podcast of Waterdeep, brought to you by Dungeon Drunks, as well as special guests Kyle Vogt playing Zed and Anna from WanderQuest. Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Oboe Crazy, and welcome to this special Podcasts of Waterdeep edition of Dungeon Drunks. We are very honored and pleased to be episode six of ten, and hopefully you've listened to the first five, and you enjoy our our shenanigans in Waterdeep just as much as the, the previous and the future shows. We have our full crew here, who I'm going to be introducing, plus two special guests and as is normal for our games of Dungeon Drunks, we are all enjoying some sort of beverage. I, myself, am actually just drinking tea because it's finally cool enough that I can be enjoying some hot tea. I've got some green tea and it makes me happy. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, the human evocation wizard. And tonight I am drinking a uh, Argus... Ginger Perry Cider from Austin, Texas. Uh, I've had this a couple of times on the show, and we got it at for our Cider Skirmish at RTX, which was a lot of fun, and it is quite good. And tonight's shot of Fireball, to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to Wizards of the Coast for sponsoring this whole thing and allowing us to celebrate Waterdeep Dragon Heist and, and everything else. I got the name right, didn't we? I don't have to redo that? Yes. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, you're good. And, you're good. uh... And uh, this shot glass is from Schlitterbahn uh, from, in New Braunfels, Texas, which is an awesome water park and makes me happy. So cheers for the first time I blast something. <laughs> Carlton, what are you drinking? 
Uh, hi, I'm uh, John. I play uh, Carlton Tanks, your champion fighter slash ancestral guardian uh, barbarian. And uh, having been a year sober, uh, I've been drinking weird sodas that I've never tried before. And one of our fans got me one that I was saving for this very special occasion because <gasps> I've really been dreading yes. drinking this. And it is ranch dressing soda. <laughs> so I just opened it. Let's see how... Oh, t- live oh, no. tasting. All right, All right. Oh do it. Oh my god, this is going to be a live vomit. Oh, that's so wow. bad. Oh, god, Are we really is... surprised? We saved that just oh. for this moment for something we all knew it was going to happen, which is, oh, that's so bad. Oh, fuck you, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, oh. those are crazy. <laughs> Ethan is one of our best fans, and we love him. And peanut butter and jelly soda, and all all your delicious in quotes oh. sodas. So no, yeah, but no. you do you have something else to enjoy? I have water for non crits, but when we crit, I will. Have the demon drink. Sure. Ugh. 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 what are you drinking? I couldn't have asked for a better transition. Good people of Faerun, <laughs> my name is Jack, but you may know me better as Travancore. And today, uh, Travancore's choice is the Hop Devil IPA from Victory Brewing Company. Uh, this fellow reminds me a little bit of uh, the new Fangled Klingons from Star Trek Discovery. And he's putting out... <gasps> Miniature Sendak vibes from Voltron, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I just I just saw Voltron, so that it's on the brain recently. He uh, is. I, and let me tell you a little story. I'm hate drinking this. So originally, I had the Yingling Golden Pilsner lined up, but that's the only beer my wife likes. So she's like, "No, you can't have it. You have to drink all the other beer before you can have this one." So I I have another one on deck waiting for me. I'm looking to finish this stuff off as soon as possible because it's an IPA. It's not bad, but it's hoppy, and I am not a hoppy guy. No. Well. We we usually uh, toast each other and drink when we when someone rolls a crit. So for that alone, I hope a lot of crits happen. No, uh, that means more ranch soda dressing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or honestly, ranch dressing soda. Here's the thing, like I I love you so much, but like you consented to that, right? I did. Like, yeah, you, I did. No one is there. Ethan is. I can see you on our webcams. Ethan's not standing there pouring it down your throat. You're actively putting that in your body. You said yes. It's not too late to change your mind. I mean, nope, maybe I'm it is. To the bit. Well, yeah. Bernie, since since you're next anyway, what are you drinking? I am also drinking something left over from RTX, but it's a good something. Uh, it is. Oh, hi, hi, folks who don't know me. I'm Jules, and this is about how it usually goes. Yeah, I play a cleric gnome named bernice q burns i heal people occasionally when i feel like it when they haven't done stupid things and tonight i am drinking a leftover drink from rtx that we actually put in the suitcase and got all the way back into canada without being asked any questions about it it was a bottle of deep eddy lemon vodka oh really good stuff the kind of thing that you could just drink honestly but that's probably a bad idea on a Monday night. So I have put ginger ale in it, and it's very yummy. <laughs> oh, it wow. Is. Now, that is our normal Dungeon Dungs crew. We are incredibly blessed to have two special guests for this special occasion. Kyle, would you please introduce yourself and tell us what you're drinking? Hi, I'm Kyle Hook, and tonight I'll be Z, the era Cochra Diviner. And Ooh. I'm drinking water. Yay! <laughs> I, I'm joining you in oh, flavored water, tea, which is always nice. Yes. 
And and where where do people normally get to enjoy your your dulcet tones? Normally, you can find me hanging out at Maze Arcana lately in our show Inkwell Society, where I play Lossian, the elf coroner in Eberron. Nice. And we are also joined by Anna. Would you please tell us about you and what you're drinking? Hello, my name is Anna. Um, I'm usually part of a podcast called Wander Quest. Uh, where I play Lily Moon, a half-orc barbarian, which actually I'm going to be playing a half-orc barbarian, surprise, uh, for this podcast. And I, too, am drinking water. You know, it was water deep, water, it made sense. So ah. hydration. Hydration's a good thing. Fun yep. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we might be for good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for taking one for the team. Well, thank you for joining us, and let's just get to it, shall we? I totally forgot to mention that I'm a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger of the Unearthed Arcana variety who has a fire bear <laughs> named Shadow as his companion. Now we can continue. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get a chance to describe yourselves in, in a little more detail as we get going, which we are about to right now. Jonathan, it is the morning here in Waterdeep. You and your friends are waking up at the Golden Rock Tavern, where you normally spend your time when you are in Waterdeep, and you have received an urgent summons from Aras Zik, who you know as one of your superiors at the Watchful Order of Magus and Protectors. So you have headed off to the the Watchful Order to go see what's going on. His message that he sent to you, his sending, was fairly urgent, and... It, Every time he summons you, it seems to be something fairly important. So as you arrive there, Razo, the the little halfling who knows you very well, leads you into a back room in the Watchful Order and lets you know that Aras is going to be with you very shortly. And as you enter this room, why don't you give a very brief description of, of what you look like? As he hurries into the room, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is a human wizard. Uh, he's Pretty big for uh, a wizard. Uh, he has a, a 16 strength, which is quite an anomaly for a wizard. He runs in and he has a cloak that kind of billows behind him uh, over a set of rainbow robes that sort of like, that have the sleeves cut off, of course, and uh, are very flamboyant. Uh, these are a recent addition for him. And uh, as he goes in, his owl familiar, uh, Bucks flies in with him, who looks like a pygmy owl, uh, lands on Jonathan the Muscular's shoulder as we sit down, and we're both very anxious. Like, I, Bucks, I really hope this meeting goes well, because Jonathan the Muscular needs to get to the library. There's a book that I'm really hoping was checked in last night, and I need to find it because it is very important to me to learn. I mean, I've been trying to work on teleportation, buddy. And this book is always out. Ugh, it's frustrating. Zed, as you have also been summoned by Erasmus and you arrive early in the morning at the Watchful Order, you are led back to the same room. And as you're walking down the hall, you hear a voice that you don't recognize talking to someone you turn the corner and are ushered into this room and you see before you jonathan and, and his owl kind of finishing up their their little conversation uh why don't you go ahead and describe what does zed look like and what does he do in that moment as he arrives zed is a normal size aerofocus only about five feet tall with black and blue tinted feathers wearing a robe and a cloak carrying a small book in his hand as he 
hobbles his way in, not quite so comfortable on the ground as he would be in the air. And the two of you see each other, and uh, for the moment, Aras is not around. You've just been ushered into this room, both of you having been urgently summoned, but you do not see Aras anywhere. Hi. Hello. Jonathan the Magimuscular, and this is this is Bucks, and I don't think I've seen you around before. Uh, you are? No, I am Z. I haven't seen you around. Have you been in the library? I've been trying. Oh, that would be wild. I've been in the library quite a bit. Listen, there's a book I've been looking for <laughs> called Long Distance Relationships, <laughs> a teleportation primer. It's by a guy named Atticus uh, McKay. You wouldn't happen to know where this book is, would you? It's been constantly checked out. I believe I do know where that book is. Really? Yes. Here in my hand. <laughs> I've been... Jonathan the Magimuscular greatly desires that book. Uh, we will talk after we get done here. I, uh, wizard to wizard, obviously. Books are very important to us. And uh, I have a girl of complicated relationship status back in Greenest that I really want to go see more often. And I think that book might... Help me out. So, if you could let me know when you return it, I would be quite grateful. Oh, of course. I would let you know. It would probably be in a, a few years. What? At that moment, <laughs> the door reopens, <laughs> and Wait, no. a familiar Aarakocra to both of you enters, Aras Zik, who is your superior uh, in the Watchful Order, has arrived. His feathers are a little more ruffled than either of you are used to oh, seeing, no. and he stops as he enters the room and says, Good, the both of you are here. The, the both of you have gotten to know each other. I, I am glad that the two of you are friends. There is an urgent matter. I need both of your help on. Uh, please have a, have a seat. And he enters and sits down. He smooths himself out a little bit and he says, Jonathan, you and your friends have been very helpful to the watchful order in being able to take care of problems quickly. We do try. You do. And you have succeeded quite a few times. Zed, you are our preeminent scholar when it comes to issues dealing with the Archwizard Manchun. Well, yeah. It is vital the two of you work together, as we believe there is a Manchun in Waterdeep. We do not know where? Jonathan the Magimuscular raises his hand. D yes? Hi, Jonathan the Magimuscular has a question. Uh, Archwizard Manchun? Manchun. Aras looks over at Zed as though expecting him to respond. Manchun, not Manchun. Manchun, he was the leader of the Zintarum for quite a long time. Currently, there's issues in place where some of his clones have supposedly survived him. You could remember the wars we had not that long ago. And Jonathan, you did study about this in school, so you are... You might not have remembered the name, but you do remember hearing about oh, some yeah, war the, those, that happened those between wars wizards. between and involving clones, of course. <laughs> who, could, <laughs> who could forget those? <laughs> well, it was, it was before my time, but... I, I'm not sure how old you are as... Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is a mighty uh, 26 years old. 
He's kind of a young wizard. Oh, that's very old. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Um, yeah. I do have a gnome and a an, uh, half-elf in the party. So, yeah, H, H ain't no thing. It's a, it's a sliding scale, right? Yes. I am only six. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> Aras speaks up and says, Where is Mansion? That is exactly the problem. We have recently become aware of an incident that happened last night at a theater not far from here where we believe Manchun was mentioned and as you well know any documentation of a a Manchun on the loose is of grave concern and so I require you to go to this theater the Seven Masks Theater and do some investigating to th- see if you can find any information about whether this was some ill-conceived prank by the Zentarum or whether this warrants more investigation. It is of vital importance if there is a Manchun in Waterdeep that he be tracked down immediately. Yes, his condition is not one we wish to have yet. Absolutely not. I have set you up to meet with a City Watch official at this theater who will give you free access to investigate and ask any questions that you need. If you find the location of this creature, if he is here in Waterdeep, bring that information to me as soon as you can, but do not engage. Zed, as Zed will tell you, this is an incredibly powerful being, and it will require resources far beyond just the watchful order to to deal with him. The last Manchun in Waterdeep caused problems for Kelvin quite a bit. And if there is another one here, then the situation is dire indeed. Jonathan the Magimuscular was getting ready to raise his hand if there was a, this was a search and destroy mission. And after Aras's explanation, his hand goes back down. This is a, a search and discovery mission. This is not a, a hunt. This is find where he might be layered, where he might be located, and come back to me with that information very quickly. Got it. It is just the two of us or your compatriots coming. One moment. And uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular puts his fist together, closes his eyes, and does a sending to Bernice Q. Burns. What do you say to Bernie? Say, hi, Bernie, Jonathan the Magimuscular here. Please come to the watchful order ASAP. Jonathan the Magimuscular out. You may respond to this message. Bernie was asleep. (laughs) Bernie, you wake up to Jonathan in your head, which has happened before. I don't like this. I don't like this. We gotta, we have to talk about personal boundaries when it comes to sleep, is all she replies. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, you do know, though, if he's <sighs> going to send that kind of message, it's time to gather the troops and, and sally on forth. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie's going to do it. She, she's going to, I guess she's still in her bed in the Golden Rock Tavern. She's going to, she's going to crawl, she's going to kind of worm down the bed and like, uh, wake, poke Coco Snoot with her feet. Like, all right. We have to go to to that place that I licked and now that we own. Uh, let's go get everyone. Let's go get everyone up. All right. As you gather the troops back to Jonathan and Zed, Aras 
looks at Jonathan as he does this sending and says, good, yes, he has uh, companions, adventurous companions that have proven to be very useful in case you run into any Zentarum difficulties. And the uh, person you will be meeting at the Seven Masks Theater with the City Watch, her name is Aaliyah, and she will be helping you in this investigation as well. She is there waiting for you now. Oh, so we should, okay, well, we should get going then. Zed stands up off the perch and turns and starts walking towards the door. Uh, Good luck. Thank you, Aras. And as I'm leaving, Bucks uh, gives a nod to Aras. He's like, hmm. (laughs) Aras, as he always does, kind of cocks his head a little bit at this familiar owl that shows up and nods back. As you guys leave... I I will say moments later, as you step outside the watchful order, the rest of Jonathan's companions arrive. Bernie, why don't you go ahead and describe yourself really briefly now that you've woken up and gotten dressed? Uh, Yeah, Bernie. Bernie's a gnome. She's uh, pretty kitted out, though, in some fantastic armor because she is a cleric and she rides a battle mastiff that is named Coco Snoot. And she's... Tiny and loud and obnoxious. <laughs> Travancore, how about you? All right. Well, Travancore is a half elf. He's about five foot four inches tall. Has a nice head of hair, a burgeoning but well maintained beard. He's wearing uh, what would look in our world a long green kurta, which is sort of an Indian uh, men's uh, garb. And then he has, of course, his trusty quiver that never runs out of arrows in the back of it. And, of course, he's accompanied by his trusty bear, black bear, Shadow, who is decked out in bear armor and who is very loyal to Travancore and a bit goofy at heart. And finally, Carlton. Uh, lumbering above the rest of his party is a seven-foot half-orc uh, who has, like, a pretty clean-cut hair for being a barbarian. Uh, just wearing some simple clothes. He's got this, like, shield that has, like, a really cool wolf face that Bernie painted on it. But he's not carrying his weapon. Instead, he's carrying a plate of bacon because he had to get breakfast to go. Uh, he's kind of just shoveling his mouth. And occasionally he throws a little bit into his like uh, backpack and out pops a direwolf puppy who just nibbles on some bacon before popping back down. Yes, Aras, you and Jonathan come outside to see this motley crew. Hey, guys. What, what is the urgency? What's the guys, urgency? This is, uh, this is Zed. He is a fellow wizard, although he is not the blasty kind. He is the knowy kind. Oh. Wait. I bet that's really hard for you, isn't it? I feel like we compliment each other here. Right? I, I would say so, right, Zed? Hold, hold on a second. Jonathan, you're not the knowy kind of wizard. That's disconcerting to learn this at this juncture. Yeah, actually, you kind of had us pretty convinced you were the knowy kind of wizard, so I'm really excited to meet you, Zed. <laughs> yes, it's very nice to meet you. I'm sorry I didn't get your names. I'm Bernie. This is my Acropolis. I licked it a couple months ago, and now it's mine. I don't think that's how laws work. Carlton, bacon? Oh, he definitely <laughs> is. That's what I told her. Hi. I am, I am, my name is Travancore. I'm from the kingdom of Herconum, and on behalf of our kingdom, we recognize Bernie's claim on the, the Amethyst Acropolis. <laughs> you represent your people. I do. I'm sort of an ambassador. It's complicated. Very complicated. I'm sure the council will be much, much interested in my report on this. Carl, are you off from Barkin? 
This is Carlton. He's a half-orc, and despite his bad manners, he means well, and he's very happy to meet you and wants to know if you'd like a piece of bacon. What's mm-hmm. that? No, but thank you very much. I don't tend to eat other animals. Dude, hook me up. I, I didn't eat because I was on my way up. Can you should have got some bacon? before you left then. I know, mm-hmm. but he... We really, really need to go. Oh, right, we right. Do. Sorry, sorry. We do. We should go. And Carlton can give you a piece of bacon on the way because he's a good friend and Mm-mm. didn't have to have you in his brain this morning. <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot of Bernice's problem. This is a really big Bernie's problem. Let's walk and talk. Yeah. As we walk, as we walk, yeah. I cast Mage Hand and uh, hand, hand out for a piece of bacon. And I just kind of like lo-five it and then keep eating bacon. Zoink. <laughs> Ah, the trouble with bacon. All right, you guys head off towards the Seven Masks Theater, where um, you arrive to find a burnt facade surrounded by City Watch. This was a fairly nice theater from what you all remember for being residents of Waterdeep, except it looks like there was a massive explosion here. Half the building looks like it was destroyed in the fire. There are big holes in the side of it, and the City Watch are in the process of carting out what you can only assume are bodies. It looks just horrific here. Aaliyah, you are standing overseeing the the progress here. You've taken a few notes on the area and you've been told to wait for a group that are coming from the Watchful Order of Magis and Protectors to help you with this investigation. And you're pretty sure the five not City Watch people walking down the street towards you are must be the people that you're looking for. You were given some vague descriptions, but this colorful bunch Oh yeah, these these must be the the adventures you're looking for. And as they approach, you can introduce yourself. Sure. So as the group approaches, they see this seven foot half orc wearing this kind of black, almost greenish uh, chainmail with a bluish cape. And she turns around and she looks at all of you. You're late. Sorry, we had to uh, round out the troops uh, and uh, and get over here. Hi, Jonathan the Muscular. Holds out a hand. She looks at your hand and she'll hesitate for a second and she'll shake it very firmly. You're girl me. <laughs> Carlton, there are other half-orcs in the world. This is the first time I've met another half-orc other than my family. Oh. Oh, no. Well, I didn't realize um, that. Wow. Yeah, um, we have not encountered another half-orc. This is true. Hmm. Well, I can actually look at you in the eyes. This is great. Uh, yeah, she looks at you with confusion, and then when you offer bacon, she'll gladly take a piece and chew on it. Everybody, I'm Aaliyah. Okay. Hi, Aaliyah. I'm Bernie. Travancore, and I extend my hand out to, to Aaliyah. Yeah, she'll firmly shake it as well. Your parents didn't name you after the great tragic story of Aaliyah, did they? The tragic story? What do you mean? Oh. Well, I mean, if they're not tenants of Queen Bay, then maybe it's just a coincidence. But in our mythology, there's a really sad story about a very, very, very beautiful bard named Aaliyah. Oh. Can't relate. Moving right along. All right. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we looking to investigate first? We need to investigate all these dead bodies first and see where the fire started. Okay. 
Jonathan the Magimuscular, as someone who uses lots of fireballs, uh, wants to take a look at the damage and see if it is indeed, like, fireball-related. Sure, roll an investigation check. Yeah, while he's doing that, Travancore wants to sort of examine the bodies. That is going to be a 27. So I'm going to, like, down my plate of bacon, <coughs> cough at all the uh, salt as my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> I'm going to pull out my Ironwood Longsword, and I'm just going to, like, poke the first body. Yep, dead. I investigated it. Steve walks over and starts looking at the scorch mark to determine the source of the fire. Sure, you also roll an investigation check. That will be a 23. Excellent. Jonathan, as you take a look with your practiced professional fiery eye and Zed, as, as you take a look with your more intelligent investigative eye, the two of you kind of come to very similar conclusions. Jonathan, you think the the cause of this fire originated from inside, not outside. Zed, you're pretty sure it was multiple sources that spread over time. Uh, but definitely the both of you can see inside this, this something burst its way out. Whatever happened, happened in the house of this theater. So was it like, it was it like someone cast a bunch of spells or several people cast spells or like a fire monster got out? Uh, you don't see any monsters specifically, but it does look like it's multiple sources. Z looks over at Jonathan and says, you seem to have a lot of fire components. Do you know if these were magical sources? I'll look and see if it's an accelerant of some kind. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because it might not be magical. Does Jonathan the Magimuscular recognize these effects as the as the aftermath of fire spells? Or is it, as he said, where it was like someone set fires? With the roles that you guys had before... It's a, it's almost a little bit of both. It doesn't look like, once again, you can tell that the, the fire seemed to have originated from the inside. And so most of it seems to have been blasting from the inside. And so you'll know for sure once you get inside. But from the outside, this looks like collateral damage from explosions inside that are consistent with some magical sources, but also maybe a little bit of accelerant. Maybe there was some gunpowder inside that went off. Maybe there was some other things. It, it's kind of a battlefield. Uh, and with the bodies that are being carted out right now, it's it, it's a little hard to tell. I will say, Aaliyah, you do know that the bodies that are being carted out right now are basically the people who the the City Watch were able to easily determine were not participating in this event that happened last night. They were either just outside on the street or they were in the the front of the house. All you really know is that the the this thing that happened that everybody is investigating, it happened on stage and in the house. Is the door open to the theater? Okay. Trying not to disturb any more of the evidence on the ground, I'll fly up and fly into the theater. You guys watch as Zed very swiftly wings out right into the front doors. Oh, uh, so magical. Yeah, John, we're gonna. Yeah, John, we're gonna go you, in. You can't. So, you can't do that either. Nope. D didn't take fly. Took more blasty. <laughs> Bernie, should we, is there a burial thing we should do for these people? Like squeeze of lemon or something? Well, you, well, you, uh, well, typically, typically, you don't you don't bury people against their religious wishes. That puts you in all kinds of legal trouble. But I would like to take a closer look at the bodies to see 
what killed them? Sure. Do you want to take a look at the bodies that are outside that are being carted away? Or did you want to look at bodies inside? I think she wants to look at the bodies inside. If those are the ones that were involved. Yeah. All right. Zed leads the way and the rest of you head on inside and enter the main theater. And the destruction here is kind of what you expect looking at the outside, but it's even more immense. Everything has been touched by something flammable. There are more bodies here and these are not covered. These have been left for examination. Uh, some have been tagged, uh, having been identified in as specific people. Others are, they look like uh, maybe assassins. They're wearing darker clothes and armor, something that you would not normally see in a theater. A couple of these people look like they might have been actors on the stage. There's also, you could swear, a bit of a horn over there and part of a a claw that doesn't seem to be any kind of humanoid that any of you are familiar with. And some of the dark blood stains are purple and yellow. Uh, there's more going on here than you expect. Zed, since you flew in first, go ahead and give me a perception check. Bernie, as you head over to one of the bodies, uh, give me a medicine check. Perception is a 25. Plus okay. I can see invisible, ethereal, and... Sure. Uh, With a 25, so nothing stands out to you as being invisible or in the ethereal plane. Uh, As you kind of gauge what's going on here, this was a battlefield. This, a fight broke out here. This wasn't one explosion that everybody was dealing with. This was a ruckus of some sort. And you can very easily see some of these bodies, many of them have died from multiple different things. Some seem to have been burnt, but others seem to have been stabbed or ripped apart. It's chaos. Bernie, as you kneel down next to two bodies that are actually lying next to each other, near each other, I should say, there's a human and then there's also like a bit of a torso that kind of caught your eye. Uh, Yeah. And with that check, you think this might be a demon. Didn't give you my check. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I thought I heard you say you had a 20-something. It's okay, I was going to assume it was demons and stuff, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, she got a 16. <laughs> okay, yeah, with that check, still the same. You, you've you experienced, you've had uh, some dealings with demons before. The, the ridges and the scales on this torso that you're seeing uh, are very consistent. Whatever happened here, it was, there, this is crazy. Okay, Bernie's going to poke it. With her finger. Do a little poke test. It's dry. Uh, Yeah. Zeke. Zed. What was your name again? Zed. 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 Split the difference. Can I ask you a question? What? My compatriots message in my brain this morning left a little something to be desired in terms of detail, as is sort of the nature of the spell. What exactly... Were you all told we were looking for? Z looks around to see if there's anybody in there besides the group that's investigating. Is there any, like, watch or extraneous people? Basically, you and a couple of other members of the watch who seem to have, at this point, set up a perimeter. Because you are with Aaliyah, she has 
brought you past the the line of the police line, essentially. And it's obvious that you've been instructed to to have the run of the place to be able to to examine anything. Aaliyah, you also know that uh, one of these gentlemen took statements from people last night. And so uh, there's a Sergeant Trask nearby who can be questioned as far as uh, what information people gave him la- from last night. Uh, looking around to make sure that no one besides the group can hear, I quietly say, we don't want to cause a panic, but we've been told that Manchun was mentioned here before this event happened. So we believe this might be the actions of a Manchun and a Zincarum here in Waterdeep. This summoning of infernal or abyssal creatures in conjunction with fire tends to follow their patterns, although we're not sure why they were in this establishment yet. Wait, you think a cat did this? No, Manchun is an archmage of evil repute who caused the death of dozens of cities, as well as thousands and thousands of innocent lives. Oh. I thought you said Maine Coon. One of those (laughs) almost ate my grandmother one time. They are big, and let me tell you, they are big little shits. And I would not put this level of destruction past them, if we're being honest, but I didn't think any of them could summon a demon. So you said a monsoon? Man, <laughs> and apparently there are there have been more than one. He had himself cloned several times, and they think a clone is here. What was what was playing last night? What was going on in this theater last night? As you you kind of ask that a little bit louder, Sergeant Trask comes on over, nods to Ali, and says, "Well, uh, there there was a I don't know the specific play that was going on." But I know that it was the debut, uh, like the return of some really special actress lady. And I don't I don't really know. Most of my questions that I was asking last night were about like the death and destruction. But I know the big deal was that there was this special lady who was supposed to be performing. And it was like her, her big comeback and everybody was all excited. And then there were uh, apparently assassins and demons and worse. And the, the specific uh, thing that we were told was that there was at one point someone who claimed to be Manchun who was trying to do something. And in the chaos, we know that there were a couple of Zentarum agents that were here. And he points over to one of the other bodies uh, closer to the stage this time, one of the the bodies that's obviously dressed in armor and leathers. And he says, well, there were a couple of them that got caught up in the, in the ruckus. And we haven't done a thorough search of their bodies just yet because uh, we were waiting on you. But we do know that that's... They were here looking for something, and... Uh. Z flaps over and lands next to the Zintarum body. Sure. Go ahead and, uh, if you're going to examine it, roll an investigation check. Do we know if the uh, the returning actor, did she survive? Is she found among the dead? Oh, uh, I don't think she's dead. No, I think she survived. Okay, interesting. Do we get a name on her? Investigation was only uh, 22. Only. 
Okay. Only a 22. Only, only a 22. <laughs> you pat down the body and search around. You know that uh, with your experience, you know that Zentarum are sneaky and can hide things. You do find a tattoo that is a winged snake that does confirm everyone's suspicions that, yeah, this this guy was with the Zentarum. Uh, you don't find anything else except uh, what you would expect an assassin to have. Two daggers. Uh, there looks like there was a quiver of arrows on his back, but the arrows have long spilled out. And this nothing else that really sparks your interest. Does he have any notable rank? Or is it just one of the footmen, the soldier assassins? Looks like one of the footmen. Nothing, nothing obvious about a rank that you can find. Carlton, what are you up to during all this? Uh, so I'm looking around, and there's there's a lot going on, and I'm trying to process. And then, being one who spends a lot of time outdoors uh, in the wild, I, that claw kind of catches my attention. So I want to get a closer look at that claw. Sure. I. What are you trying to do with it? Uh, determine like exactly what type of creature it's from. Uh, okay, roll a nature check. That's a natural twenty. Yeah! Oh, Why are you upset? So, Everybody drink! soda. Oh, alright. Uh, so that'll be a 21. It's okay, I'm I'm here in IPA town right with you, buddy. <laughs> oh, I have to do a chaser of soap with soda. It's that bad. <laughs> oh, oh, that's bad. Taking a look at this claw, with a natural 20, you know it's a, a some sort of demon. You think that it might be some kind of slod? You've heard about those things? But you're not exactly sure. Just because you, like, with your natural 20, I'll say you've never encountered this thing before. And you are, just because of your academic knowledge, pretty sure this, this thing comes from the I did spend Benai that one Health. evening in the library. Yeah, th- that one time, <laughs> that one evening with the book upside down. <laughs> Aaliyah, how about you? What are you, what are you during, doing during this? Yeah, so at this point, when everybody else is investigating, I'll approach the sergeant. Sergeant? Yeah, yes? Did you get a name for this actress lady? I I did. Hold on a moment. Let me look that up right now. Uh, Madame Benedictia? Ben, ben, Benedicta, I think her name was. I I didn't get a chance to talk with her. That was just what I was told. She's she's apparently now in in our custody with the City Watch, but she is she's the one that was supposed to make her big grand debut here. Very well. Maybe we could ask her a few questions. Absolutely. Once once you are done here, I, I've been told to tell you uh, anything that I know and to help you however I can. Very well. Did any of the bystanders seem a little less shaken than others? A little suspicious? Well... By the time the city watch was able to get here, most of the people that were suspicious were gone or dead. Uh, some were suffering from from shock. Certainly, this was not the night at the theater that they were expecting. Uh, not that I know of, but obviously there were people here who were bent on ill intent. I mean, y- you got Zens around. What are you going to do? I'm going to take the claw that I found over to the Jonathan. I'd be like, Jonathan, I think this is a salad's claw. A salad? Yeah. You don't you don't have claws with salad. You you have like No, I remember reading about it in a book. It was like a salad thing. It was like they're like fiends. Mm, what about lobster salad? Oh, oh lobster yeah. salad's yeah. really good. Yeah. Surf and turf. Oh, Although no. that looks more like a slug claw. 
Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to remember what he knows about slots. Actually, as you're looking at this claw, and as this conversation is happening with the sergeant and everything, I'd like everyone to roll a perception check. I got a 9. 19. 16. 8. Hey! (laughs) 8! No, I also Jonathan the Magimuscular also gets an eight. Eight buddies. Eight bros. I, I, I feel like I feel like Travancore's still sitting there like, wait, what's a main coon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of you are a little too distracted either by looking at this claw that uh Carlton has found, or uh Aaliyah, you're talking to the guard. Zed, you've made this comment about lobsters and then you're you're kind of idly looking across the theater across the burnt seats up onto the stage which is in ruins and tatters something catches your eye next to one of the burnt backdrops behind a pile of cloth it's probably one of the curtains that came loose from its its hangings just on the edge of your vision you see movement and when you focus for a second, it looks like someone crouched down, rifling through one of the bodies up on the stage. Um, since I'm using my robe of eyes not to look directly at them. Okay. I, oh, that's creepy, dude. I, I <laughs> lean over and speak to Arena and say, Is that one of your associates searching over there behind the curtain? If not, perhaps that that one needs to be detained. Yeah, look over, and it definitely isn't, right? Nope. Okay. Then, excuse me, and I start fast walking towards this thing or person. Okay, as you say, as you, excuse me, uh, the figure, head pops up, makes... A half a second eye contact with you realizes they have been spotted, takes off right backstage out of your field of view. Uh, What you get very quickly is a human in black leathers and gone out the back of the the backstage area. Was this 16 enough for Bernie to like notice Zeke noticing him? Yeah, you... It wasn't enough to notice the guy, but it was enough to notice. I'll say what it was enough to notice was uh, the conversation the two of them had, and then Aaliyah start to move. So basically, as she started to move towards the stage and say these things, you pick up on it pretty quick. Could do I have enough time to cast hold person on him? You don't see who they're talking to. Oh, By the time you guys look up, he's gone. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to game day and stay organized at the table. Their Mimic Chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands at a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each Mimic Chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out PolymorphCrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at PolymorphCrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. 
I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on November 4th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. M A W S O T I C D Z H O D U R O. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. I go flying after. All right. Z I follow as well. Off. Literally. Eric Coker are the best. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? All these things. Why did none of us pick an Eric Coker? Because <laughs> we already had a bard that visited us sometimes. We did. Mm. We do have an Eric Coker bard. That's nice. So I follow. Um, uh, I see them going and I'm like, oh, oh, uh, shit. Uh, I dropped the salad hand and I keep going. Okay. Yeah. I follow Zed, um, and right before I go backstage, I'm going to stop and look at the body that he was looking at. Sure. So the whole group of you are following after your your new Aarakocra companion uh, who has taken the lead after this person. Uh, Aaliyah, you pause for a brief second, look down. It's one of the other Zentarum agents that was here in this theater. Okay. Zed, since you're in the lead, you can hear the sound of a door slamming backstage, maybe about 70, 80 feet away. Sergeant, make sure to check this body. And then I run towards the rest of the group. Sergeant nods. The rest of you are running. You guys are all following this guy? Bernie, yeah. Bernie's got stubby little legs. Uh, she's going to stay and look at the body. She doesn't trust She doesn't. She doesn't trust. Uh, Popeye's chicken over here to actually <laughs> investigate correctly. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is actually going to... How close are we to where we came in? Not very. So basically, you came in through the outer doors. There was a little lobby. You went through another set of doors into the main theater. And now as you guys are rushing up onto the stage, as Bernie kneels down by this body that was being examined, you it would be, uh, you're more towards the back of the theater than the front exit. Is there a hole that was made by a fireball in the wall? Not that you can see back here. Dang it. All right. I was going to spider climb my way out. All right. Yeah, I'd follow everyone else. Okay, as they're all running, Bernie, give me a quick investigation check uh, as you you dismount Coco Snoot and take a quick look. Oh, it's don't natural say it. 20. Hey. Uh, I was like, shit, I don't have any bonuses to investigation, but I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nailed I'll say, it. with a natural 20, you're able to see this while still mounted on Coco Snoot, so you can still charge after your friends if you want. But with a natural 20, you can see that this body... One of the pockets on their pants is inside out, like someone had pulled something out of the pocket quickly, and it's now empty. Is there anything else that stands out to me about the body? It seems to be the same type of of Zentarum agent that you've you've seen a couple of, dark leathers, humanoid, but it's very obvious that someone pulled something off of this body just moments ago and left the pocket inside out in their haste. Okay, and... So we, we, we continue, we press on. 
All right. You guys all, well, Zed first bursts out the, what's obviously a back door to this place. The rest of you not far behind. As you come out, uh, make a perception check, Zed. Uh, vision? It can be. You, as you burst out, you do not see the, Since I can, the figure. I can see all around me at all times. Yes. And the figure is not currently in your field of view. Um, um, but this might also be, you might hear them, sure. you might smell them. No, I, just uh-huh. I get advantage on the vision vision while I'm asking. Okay. Give it to me with advantage then. Okay. That's going to be a 21. You actually, you catch like the briefest glimpse of a heel leading to your right down this, this is like a back alley mm-hmm. to this theater. And obviously whoever this was, they, they could have gone right or left. They went right and they've dashed off into the street. And so you can keep tracking them. Uh-huh. I'll go uh, fly after them, getting a little altitude to be able to see them a little better. Excellent. At this point, we're going to go into a skill challenge and I would like you all to roll initiative. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. Another 20. Natural 20. Another. Oh, nice. Yay. Nice. Yay. Okay, I'm gonna finish I my really drink hate this soda. And get some water while y'all are doing it. So I only got a 23. All right, 23 for Zed. Aaliyah? I got a, an 11. And Travancore? 21. I got an 8 on mine. I'm gonna go get some water. Also a 23 with that natural 20. And so mm. uh, I guess Zed can go first because technically he was in front of me anyway. And Jonathan. Ten. Okay. So, what's about to happen is a skill challenge. You are... Yay! You guys are being split into pairs based on the initiative that you just rolled. So, pair A is going to be Zed and Carlton. Pair B is going to be Travancore and Aaliyah. Pair C is going to be Bernie and Jonathan. In this skill challenge... Spellcasters. Our team name is Birds and Brawn. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) In this skill challenge... I am assuming you are all moving at your full speed every round to try to keep up with this person that you are chasing. And I'm going to assume that unless something goes wrong, the the faster people are going to be helping out the slower people to be able to move forward. As in pairs, we move forward with this, stuff is going to happen. And you're going to have to overcome some challenges in order to be able to keep chasing this guy. As a pair, I will ask you to do something to get around an obstacle or take care of something. If you aid each other in whatever it is that you're about to do, it will give you guys advantage on checks. If you succeed, the whole group moves past the obstacle and you continue to chase. If you fail, the uh, person that you're chasing is going to get a little bit further away and you might lose them if you fail too many times. So... With that, Zed and Carlton, as you, Zed taking to the air, Carlton rushing around the corner, you see a Zentarum agent. It must be. He's wearing the same dark leathers that you noticed from the bodies on the inside. It's a little hard to be stealthy out here in the open, but this guy is fast and he is booking it and he makes a beeline straight for a bustling part of the water deep city people are going by there's shopping happening there's a whole crowd of people and he ducks right in front and around a group of workmen who are carrying giant panes of glass across the street to bring <laughs> <What>? to 
<laughs> to bring to where um, a temple is being fixed up nearby. And these giant, huge panes of glass being held by two guys on each end, being shuffled across the street. It's blocking your path. What do you do to get around it, through it, over it, past it, so that you can keep chasing? Uh, so I'm assuming uh, Zed is going to just fly over. <laughs> Maybe. Am I wrong in assuming it that? Dep- it depends on what you can do. <laughs> so I would say I see this coming. And my danger sense... Let's see, is that only when I'm raging? Let me double check that. Your danger sense isn't only when you're raging, but it only helps when you're making dexterity saving throws. <laughs> well, I was going to say I'm going to try to basically take my shield and like put it kind of in front of me and then like jump into it and kind of like boogie board and like on my butt under it. Are you acrobatics sliding underneath it? Okay. Uh, so Zed is going to fly on over. Zed, how is there anything you think you can do to help Carlton in this? Mm, um, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Zed just flies over. Carlton, I need you to make an acrobatics check. Would danger sense count for this, even though it's deck saves? It's not a save. You're not currently okay. being attacked by these panes of glass. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with this number. Uh, it's going to be a 17. Okay. You plunk down the shield. You jump into it to snowboard under it. You almost conk your head on one of the panes of glass. But just at the last minute, these workmen see the, this Aarakocra this flying over and this um, half-orc going under. And they freeze. And in that frozen moment, you slide under. And now that the workmen see you coming, one of them basically angles the correct way so that the rest of your party can get through. That is a success. I, I picked up the shield and I looked at I've just like scraped all the paint and I went, oh, Bernie's going to be pissed. Bernie's <laughs> pissed. Running. Is there any chance to uh, get a, a cantrip off on the guy? Uh, what would you like to do? Uh, with Ray of Frost. Sure. Go ahead and make an attack. What? What's the... I think Ray of Frost is the giant... The well, I know no. what the effect is. What's the range on it? Uh, 120 feet for me. Yeah. He's just on the edge of it. He's pretty far away, but yeah, you can get him. That would be a, a seven, so that would be a uh, twenty-one. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Seven points, but it does slow him down by ten feet per round. Okay, and it just automatically happens. He doesn't do a save no, for that. Just if you, if you hit him, okay. then you reduce their speed by ten feet for one round. Excellent. Yeah, Zed is able to peg this guy, slowing him down a little bit, which is good because he's super fast. Um, Carlton's able to slide under, distracting the or, or getting the attention of the workmen enough so that they get out of the way, so the rest of you can barrel on through. Your quarry rounds another corner, heading towards a statue that you are all familiar with. As you wind your way through the Waterdeep streets, he is ducking and dodging and weaving and trying to lose you amongst the crowds. And he heads towards this humongous statue that you're all familiar with. It's it's called the Honorable Knight, and it is easily twice as large as the buildings around it. It is a huge a statue of a a male in plate armor, a shield on the ground in front of him, uh, looking out towards the South Ward where you guys have have been. And Travancore and Aaliyah, 
as your uh, companions have gotten you through this issue with the panes of glass without without a problem, you're, you manage to see this guy climb the foot of the statue, jump up on top of the, uh, the shield, and use it to jump onto the roof and is going to continue to run on the rooftops. What are you guys going to do? I want to cast Hunter's Mark on the third level. All right. You you manage just before he gets out of your sight. You've got Hunter's Mark on him, so uh, you know what direction he is. I, what's the range on Hunter's Mark? 90 feet. You, you can, yeah, but like you can keep a, an eye on him. How far away? Let's see. I think during the duration, yeah. you have advantage trying to find right. him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Until the spell ends. Yeah, thanks to Z's Ray of Frost, he and him doing this acrobatic maneuver, you are able to peg him just within that, that 90-foot range. Oh, yeah. And it's good for eight hours, too. <laughs> so he, he is marked. Aaliyah. Um, are there any stairs going, or like a ladder, to go up on the roof as well? Uh, make a perception check real quick. Fifteen. You don't see any stairs, uh, but around the statue, you do see a ladder. It looks like there is a gnome on top of a hand ladder currently wor- working on scrubbing the back of this statue clear of what looks like some graffiti. It looks like some kids came along and, and graffitied something on the, on one of the back legs. Um, is he pretty high up on this ladder? He's about midway up a ladder that you think if you were able to grab the ladder and bring it over to the the house that this agent has jumped onto, you could easily climb up it. And it was a dwarf, you said? It's a gnome. A gnome, sorry. Okay, so as I'm running towards this unidentified thing, uh, gnome, get down! And I use my very assertive kind of, kind of scary voice, my adult voice, <laughs> and... <laughs> Put the angry mom <laughs> voice on. Exactly. An intimidating voice? Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, then I would love an intimidation check. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so that is a 16. Oh, yeah. He sees you. He hears you. Um, And he goes, ah! and he jumps off the side of the ladder and does a, a nice little tuck and roll. He doesn't quite get up as quick as he would like but he, he definitely he's, he's live for a no but you're able to grab the ladder place it against the the side of the building and scramble up it um cool. and travancore is right behind you and thanks to that the the rest of your crew are right behind you running up this this ladder to get to the roofs as you get to the rooftops bernie and jonathan so you guys get up this ladder uh, Buck's kind of winging his way overhead. Coco Snoot doing his best to to do a, a shadow impersonation uh, as a dog, as a war beast, climbing this ladder for you, getting you up onto the roofs. You see in the distance this dark figure of, of this Zentarum agent jumping from rooftop to rooftop, heading towards the docks. Um, it seems like he's made up a little bit of that distance and... Um, He's about like six or seven houses away. Um, there's a good gap in between these houses. There, there's maybe like a seven to ten foot gap in between most of them. Uh, how are the two of you getting across? Jonathan the Mad Muscular, as he as he kind of rolls up, he looks at Coco Snoot. It's like, okay, Coco Snoot, you've never never experienced this before, but haste. <laughs> oh gosh, you're gonna cast haste on the dog. <laughs> I, I love it. Haste on my dog. 
Yep. Yeah. I thought you were going to like polymorph him into like a flying creature or something. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's do uh, this. Coco Snoot gets supercharged. <laughs> Coco Snoot says, in old country, we never move this quickly. <laughs> in new country, we never in move In new country, this life goes way too fast. This is ridiculous. All right. Here's the, here's the text. Who have that much speed over land? Yeah. So basically, your, uh, your tar- the target speed is doubled. It gains a plus two to AC, has advantage on dexterity saving throws, and gains an additional action on each of its turns. That action can only be used to take attack, dash, disengage, hide, or use object. On Coco Snoot. On not Coco on Snoot. So Coco Snoot has the regular movement. Bernie has 25. I think Coco Snoot has 30. Okay. So you now have 60 feet worth of movement. And if he dashes... Yeah. That's another 60. You can almost keep up with Zed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> battle Coco dog. Snoot's gonna, Coco Snoot's going to dash. All he right. can actually double dash. He can move 180 feet. He's got an if extra Coco... action so he can dash twice. Yeah. Can, Coco yeah. Snoot can double dash. And Does that yeah. eat into Bernie's <laughs> actions? Um, sure. I was going to say, I was going to have you do a an acrobatics check with advantage to jump across the buildings since Coco okay. has... So give that to me first and then... Okay. <laughs> I have no pluses to acrobatics. What about, well, but Coco Snoot does. One second. Is it just a large mastiff? Yes, yeah. it's a mastiff, yeah. Coco Snoot usually doesn't do anything other than move. Coco Snoot... <laughs> and he's... That's not Coco changing. Snoot moves for Bernie. <laughs> Speed is 40. Oh, speed oh, is God. 40. Speed is 40. So oh, we he's can faster move than Z now. 80. We can move 160 feet. No, yeah. you can move to 240, 240 feet. feet. 240. Yep. Because move, dash, dash. You are the Flash. I'm pretty sure she's moving at the speed of Hound right now. Uh, oh. She pushed the NOS button on Coco's nice. The puns, yes. I feel like the Knox button on Coco Snoot is that little spot behind the dog's ear where it's like you rob it and their leg shakes. And like It's like you're revving them up. They're like... Da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's a plus two dex. There's, yeah, only plus two to dex, not uh, any skills. That's fine. So any any dex things, so that's a plus two. That's good. Would an 18 do it? 18's just fine. 18... That's good. The other one was a one. with an 18 coco snoot not only does he now have the speed in order to keep up with everybody or surpass them he finds all of the best places to jump from to lead the rest of the group across these rooftops bounding from house to house like they are trampolines it is not even a problem that's goddamn heroic Bernie, you're practically flying next to Zed. This is great. Bernie does one of the rooftops I imagine is a little lower. So she gets to do a thing that one of my friends who's been uh, competitively horseback riding for many years talks about, which is called hailing a cab, which in order to make the jump without falling over your mount and dying, you lean all the way backwards and put your hand in the air (laughs) 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 and thus hail a cab. Nice. Apparently it's quite dangerous. Bernie, the last, as you hail a cab, soaring up in the air over one of these gaps, not a care about the distance below you because Snoot's got this. You see this figure sliding down one of the rooftops and jumping into what 
you've kind of made it into the outside of the dock ward. And so the houses are looking a little rougher. The buildings are looking a little more decrepit. Some of the the roofs actually have holes in them that are tarped over. And this this agent that you're chasing seems to be jumping into what looks like a beached pirate ship. He jumps into a side portcullis and then comes out uh, running towards the the street level again. And uh, you're able to see all of that thanks to uh, Yeehaw. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Bernie's going to – so he, like, goes – literally does the, like, Assassin's Creed one one portcullis out the other is what you're saying? Pretty much. Kind of in one portcullis and then you lose sight of him for a brief moment. The pirate ship, it's – I would call it more of a Scooby-Doo. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit. Um, it's Scooby-Doo's that shit. And kind of up on its side. And so as you come around, you can see that there's there's some ruffians and some, uh, well, looks like some thugs kind of just hanging around. And this this agent just zips by them, making one of them at him. As he lands and bursts through this this group of of ruffians that are hanging around by this beached ship. We're back to Zed and Carlton. Uh, what are the two of you doing as you finish leaping across the rooftops and you are now presented with a large group of really upset thugs who half of them are yelling at this Zentarum agent that's gone running by and half of them are looking at you spoiling for a fight. How far away is the uh, Zentarum agent? He's about 90 feet. He's just on the edge of, of Travancore's Hunter's Mark. Uh, you can just barely see him as he weaves in and out of people. And these guys are just spoiling for a fight. Oh, yeah. Now the, they, they were spoiling for a fight beforehand, but this guy basically running through them have, ah, well, you're gonna, you're gonna. And now they're looking at you like, well, you're the next people to come running through us. Yeah, you try. Staying high enough out of their reach. I look down to see what he's going to be trying to do to get past these guys. Well, I see these guys, and I see Bernie on Coco Snoot. Is Bernie within throwing range? Like, can I throw something to Bernie? Is she close enough for that? I she's thought like you in were going to throw me. I'm sorry, oh, no. that was it. <laughs> Basketball special. It will depend on what you want to throw. The alchemy jug? Sure, <laughs> absolutely. I go, honey, and I, get, I go, Bernie, catch! It's sticky! And I throw her the alchemy jug. Okay, so I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say for your action, you can do that. She's close enough and, and her dog is fast enough that he can be there in a moment so that Bernie can catch it. So she's got the honey, but you and Zed still need to work together to get past this group of ruffians. What are you going to do? I'm going to brandish Storm's Fury. I'm going to rage so I have my ancestral protectors around me. Okay. And I'll be like, <laughs> just just get out the way. And like you see like lightning bolts sparkling off of the thing and i'm gonna try to intimidate them out of so like they see me with the uh scuffed up shield uh a sword sparking lightning off of it uh, a ghostly soldier looking half orc a druid looking half orc and a very angry looking dire wolf all spectral surrounding me and i'm going to try to intimidate to kind of part the sea of thieves and also there's a gnome on a dog with a jar of honey and that's very confusing <laughs> and i feel like that adds to the discomfort as as he's doing that i'm going to use presentation to give him a help on that to by giving him some like ominous sounding uh, music and thunderous <laughs> i love it carlton roll an an, uh, an intimidation check with advantage don't suck I did it. 
That's a 19. Yay! These thugs turn around, ready to just get it on with whoever's coming next because they were already looking, they're bored. They're looking for something to do. They take one look at this raging, sword-wielding barbarian, his posse behind him, his... Ride of the Valkyries theme song. Exactly. Like, Valkyries practically appear next to you, your your footsteps thundering on the cobblestones. They part like the Red Sea. They all, as one, go, nope, and step aside. And the group of you... And then as I get past them, I'll be like, I'll meet up with you all later for Fight Club. One of them goes... Uh, we don't talk about, about it. Like say, don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. As you all dash past these cowed ruffians, you um, come around a corner and Travancore and Aaliyah, you've lost sight of him for a moment, but Travancore, because you have cast Hunter's Mark, you feel where the Hunter's Mark is and you can feel that this agent has gone into a nearby shop. It's it's another ruined building. You don't know why today has been filled with ruined buildings. It is a storefront that's closed. The the front door has been closed and shuttered. There are curtains drawn across the window. There's a sign up on the top that says baubles and such. And you can tell that he's in there. And you said he went in through the front door? You're not sure. Neither of you oh, okay. saw him go on in, but Travancore, because of his hunter's mark, can tell that he's in there. Okay. So, rushing... Um, barging right into that store, like, at top speed. Okay, the front door is locked. Yeah. So you barge into it, and you kind of boof off of it. What are you and Aaliyah doing? Is there a back door? Take a perception check. Sure. I'm rolling so bad today. Uh, eight. Can I help her on her perception check somehow? Because I'm familiar with Waterdeep? I don't know. Travancore, absolutely, if you would like to... Like to aid her on her perception check. Well, I'll say what what you can do is one of you goes and looks around one side, and one of you looks around the other, and she'll get advantage on her check. Okay, that's fine. I got an unnatural 20. Nice! Ooh, sweet! Soft 20! Yeah, you and Travancore quickly circle this building, knowing that the front door is locked. Yes, there is a back door, and the back door seems to be open just a touch. Yeah, I call out, and it's open. And then I kind of kick the door in, and then, is it dark in there? It is. So as the two of you rush in first and kind of lead everybody on in, it is a, what looks like a a shop that got ransacked. There are shelves that have been pushed over. There's knickknacks and random stuff lying all over the floor. There is the front door seems to be um, nailed shut from the inside. And the, as I said, the windows are shuttered. It looked like uh, maybe this place got robbed or something and they've, they've closed down. You don't immediately see the person that you're tracking. What you do see is a, Eight-year-old little halfling girl standing in a doorway. Basically, there's there's this shop is kind of this open area with the shelves and everything. And then there's a door across from you. And there's this small halfling child, red curly hair in disarray, uh, wearing britches with holes in them and dirty feet, kind of wide-eyed staring at you. Uh, uh, hello? Is my, what's my hunter's mark telling me? Uh, he's somewhere here. Oh, but not right in front. He's of over there. He's he's somewhere in this in this chaos. But it's not the kid. Huh. 
Heck of a time to be without Shadow to smell <laughs> this thing out for me. No, I'd say Shadow is with you. Oh, yeah. Okay. You've got your, you've got your trusty bear. You want Shadow to, to yeah. take a smells check? Let's them, let him do a smell check with advantage. Sure. As he's doing this, this, this child watches. The, the three of you enter. Shadow, the, the giant black bear, starts to rummage around uh, smelling for this this agent that you've been searching for. Uh, the rest of you right behind. This child looks freaked out. High roll is 17. Uh, I ask her, are you safe? Are you hurt? Uh, uh, um, I don't know. With a 17 shadow <laughs> and very quickly rummages through to the counter where you would imagine it's the, the front counter for what was this storefront gets close enough. And uh, shadow is smart enough to be able to point. He does pointer pose. He like paws at the little thing. <laughs> yeah, the little, the little girl is like. Uh, wide-eyed looking over at something behind the counter and bear and all of you. Uh, uh. Come towards me. You're safe. Make a persuasion check. Sure. We know uh, not to trust children in our game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... So, that's why we're all inside that little girl! So let me address again, as a father, how distressed I am at the frequency with which we come to conflict with children. I will say this. Most of the time when they're evil, they're not really children. Mm. Uh, with a 12, she she doesn't run away, but you are a very large, imposing figure that she does not know, surrounded by a lot of other large, imposing figures. She does not know. She does not move. Okay. I'm going to make my way around to that counter in the meantime. Okay. As you, you come up towards Shadow and peek around the counter, Travancore, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, good. Good thing I'm a dexy beast. Did you say you're a dexy beast? I yes, did say did. that. <laughs> 24. 24. Excellent. The sword that comes swinging at you in a frantic swipe. You dodge out of the way as the Zentarum agent, as the rest of your friends, you've led them on into this storefront through the back door. This Zentarum agent jumps through the front window. Front window gets smashed as he jumps out. You can take an attack of opportunity on him as he Oh, absolutely. Leaves. And he's Hunter's Mark, so he absolutely I'm taking an attack of opportunity. That's to be a melee attack, though, right? It does. You need Mortimer. Crap. All right, Mortimer, Mortimer, King of Prussia. That's right. My sword is named Mortimer, King of Prussia, thanks to Julia. After the King of Prussia Mall. <laughs> yeah, but I'm guessing okay. 11's not going to do it. Sadly, no. You used all of your dexterity to dodge out of the way. And this guy jumps out the window. You all watch as he dives through. He does seem to take a little bit of damage from the the glass. Um, it wasn't a clean shattering. Uh, and then he starts to stumble out. Uh, but your hunter's mark is still on him. Yeah. And everybody has a clear line of sight on him. Defenestration! <laughs> Bernie and Jonathan, you watch as he weaves through the crowd and is running towards what look to be two towers, uh, dilapidated towers in the in the far distance. Uh, he seems to be hurt from all of this running and being attacked. And uh, while you don't have direct line of sight, you can keep an eye on him through the crowd and you see him kind of making a beeline for these towers. What do you do? Oh, so he's around people. Is he within? Oh, yeah. Is he within okay. sixty feet? 
Yes, I'll say thanks to um, everything that's just happened so far, he hasn't really been, you've been gaining on him, and he hasn't really been able to to get any lead, and he is now within 60 feet. Okay, so um, Barney is going to cast Hold Person on him. All right, what's the save on that? Wisdom saving throw. Well, he rolled a two. Yes! yes! Yay! <laughs> Huzzah! She's going to use Coco Snoot's crack speed. <laughs> to close the distance and she's gonna come up to him and just like stand over his body well he's still standing you he's caught him in standing. the process of running so okay. he's like mm, he's standing upright he is a human okay she's going to poke him let him fall over and then pour the honey whole gallon of honey <laughs> whole gallon of honey because she knows that Carlton really wanted her to use that honey and if she doesn't pour the honey on him and tell Carlton that it's the honey that did it She'll never hear the end of it. All right. So he was he was honey trapped. <laughs> As we leave pie. initiative, the rest of you come across Bernice Q. Burns, who has um, magically held this this Zentarum agent with her mind and is now methodically pouring <laughs> honey out of a jar onto his body. Oh, bother. Ha! I knew the honey would do it. Yes, Carlton. It's the honey. What would you like to do? As Jonathan the Magic Muscular comes up next to this guy, he drops haste on uh, on Coco Snoot. So Coco Snoot is stunned for the next six seconds, but he stands there. He cocks a finger gun. A blue flame lights from his hands. He points it down at the uh, at the guy. And says, "Go on, make a move." He can't. He's honeyed. As the flame comes out, uh, Zed shies away from it slightly. Um, sidles up and lands next to the now honeyed and <laughs> that, that wasn't a sentence you thought you were going to say today. <laughs> He's a Sunday. You made him a Sunday. And uh, I use detect thoughts in order to uh, communicate with this person. Ooh, oh, okay. nice. Hello. What's the saving throw on that? Because he doesn't want that. Detect uh, thoughts is wisdom, uh, DC 15. Okay. Five I just rolled, so no. Uh, so detect thoughts, so you get surface thoughts right away, and then you have to do some more checks to go deeper, if I remember? Uh-huh. Okay. You, what you hear right away, 100%, like he was in the middle of thinking it, <laughs> is, Manchun is going to kill me. Manchun is going to kill me. Manchun is going to kill me. Sort of lifting up my wings to make myself look bigger than my small little five-foot stature. I loom over his head and lean in very close with my claws, and poke him on the nose and say, Manchun, you shouldn't be failing him. It seems your only hope is for us to protect you from him. And he kind of half looks at you, still frozen, and in his mind you can hear him. He's still saying Manchun is going to kill me, but now that you say that, it's sounding more depressed. Manchun is going to kill me. Manchun is going to kill me. Manchun is going to kill me. So yeah, uh, I'll continue to try to probe in. Sure. While we're doing that, uh, this shot of fireball is for the haste earlier, which I didn't take. So haste, everybody. Or, or the, the sending you did in the first five seconds. <laughs> As you probe deeper, what's the? is there a saving throw on that uh, to go deeper? Same thing. Wisdom 15. All right. I rolled a 16. So... Yeah. 
you're still getting the surface thoughts, but you're he at this point he's realized that physically he is incapable well, of doing anything, and before, he's gonna oh before you you roll before you can determine what happened with that sixteen oh using my divinity power yeah <laughs> uh, specifically um, this is awesome the uh, portent ability. I'm going to replace his 16 with an 11. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Then he fails. If you replace it with an 11. 11. The, in this case, he starts to uh, resist it just in time for me to poke him in the nose again with the claw to distract him. <laughs> <laughs> and go in deeper to try to find out what past mention has set upon these people. Knowledge poop. Okay. I love divinators. You dig a little bit more into his mind, and you realize that the task that he had been sent for was to retrieve an object that was left behind by someone that had failed him. And that's all this guy knows. is He doesn't know anything about what happened in the theater. He doesn't really understand anything. All he knows is he was sent to get something that one of the previous agents had failed to destroy before he died. Can Bernie be searching his pocket during this for the object she knows was in someone else's pocket? Yeah. Sure, although he's covered in honey, so it's going to be at disadvantage for your investigation check. Quite a sticky situation. That's oh. of my own making. Uh, I do see Bernie looking, and I was like, yes, he's received some object from that body. What what check is this again? This is an investigation check as you try to search through. Okay, honey. well the low roll is a seventeen. Nice. The high <laughs> roll is Holy a Detective Bernie. It's wow. not Detectivates. that great, but all right, it's Bernie's own honey. She's not afraid of that mess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's less the honey. It's us being afraid of it, and more like it. It's a mess. But your she lives with Carlton. Her life is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm gonna say. Shadow comes over, sees that you are searching through this 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 frozen body, essentially. Zed has confirmed your suspicions that there's something that this guy grabbed. And sensing that you need help, Shadow, the fire bear, starts to lick the honey off of this body, which means you can very quickly search. You find a couple of weapons. You find a small bag of 12 gold and a couple of silver. Yeah, she pops that. You find a ring. (laughs) You pull out, and it's notable mostly because there's nothing else on this person, and the searches that all of you did before of the Zentarum agents that were at the the bodies that you found had nothing on them, which is odd, except for maybe assassins who are going on out and need to not have anything notable on them. You pull out this little brass signet ring. It's got a stylized M engraved into it, and... uh, Oh, dear. This was right in his pocket, and it's the only other thing that you can find, and it's pretty obvious. Do I recognize that as Manchin's signet ring? It's not his, but you do recognize that stylized M as his signature, so... His his symbol, but not his actual ring. Yeah. Exactly. Bernie's gonna kind of do a little coin flip of it up to Aaliyah, and she's gonna say, You're a detective? Is this a clue? It is. It is a clue. Just gonna hold it up and inspect it. And would she know that that would be the Manchurian signature? 
Uh, since you've been talking with everybody, yeah. You, you, between what you've been told to look for and what everybody else has been kind of searching for, mm-hmm. yes. And if you want to take a closer look at it, it's going to depend on what you're looking for. Sure. Is there some sort of, uh, like, gem on this ring? There is not. It is just a brass signet ring with the M in it. Hmm. As a barbarian, I don't think I could do much with this. But I look over to uh, Zed. I think at this point she confirms that he's the smartest one here. No offense. (laughs) Well, what do you have to say about this? Do you recognize it? And I hand it over. This is one of Monshin's signatures so that he can have his agents identify. As you say that, Zed, because you're you're probing still into this agent's thoughts, mm-hmm. unwilling to his mind, he can't help but think it is a teleportation. Does this look like something similar to uh, Alastor's stuff in Undermine? Uh, you're unsure. Uh, roll an Arcana check. Zed, do we know where he was going? Um... Let us see. Uh, as I take a moment to ponder the arcana and only get uh, 17. This ring is definitely magical. Absolutely. Uh, you'd probably have to do detect magic to get more information, but it's definitely magical. Uh, but looking down to the, the agent at the prompting, where were you going with this? How often does he get to resist this? He can resist like, with an opposed uh, intelligence. Okay. Check. So his intelligence check was my intelligence check. He really doesn't want to answer this, so he's going to try. He's... Can Barney flick him in the ear for disadvantage? <laughs> um, no, but if, if he fails at this, uh, there might be other things that you can do, I'll say. But in this moment, uh, he rolled a 13. I'm using a, a luck point because I don't like the three that I got. Okay. So that's uh, a 19. Nice. Oh, yeah. You beat him. Uh, He tries to resist and you just mentally dig your claws in a little bit deeper and you very clearly see an image in his mind of the Colot Towers, those two dilapidated buildings just a block or two away, run down. It looks like they haven't been used in years and, and... you you know that they're supposed to be empty, but that's that's where he was trying to go. He was going to the Colon Towers. How confident are we that that's where Marshoon is? Manshoon. Manshoon. Marshmallow? Yes. <gasps> Marshawn Lynch? No, Marshawn Lynch wouldn't do shit like this. That's fair. Nice man. He would probably not be there. What, uh, here, let me see that ring. I can identify it here real quick. And, and you know uh, what's not been said yet about this ring? Dibs. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> no! It's, it's universal law. It's, my, it's ours when we're done. It's mine. Dibs. I need a new pinky there ring. There is no universal dibs um, lock. If you click a building, I can claim dibs. I look at Carlton and narrow my eyes and say, You wish to own a magic ring? From an evil arch wizard. Yeah, it, well, I mean, when we're done, he won't be, it'll be fine. But imagine how cool that pinky ring would be. When I, when I uh, 
five-finger face slap somebody. Big ol' Oh, I can recarve a cue into it. Yeah. Carlton, I will buy you a ring with a cue in it, but you have not licked this ring. It is not yours. Right. I will give up my dibs if you promise you'll buy me a, a cue ring, pinky ring. Pinky promise. promise? 100%. Pinky promise. Uh-huh. And Looking down at the agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, first, I should say, do you hand over the ring to Jonathan to identify? Uh, no, I hand it back to Elia. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you hand it over to her, and then you look back down at this uh, still frozen agent. Mm-hmm. And I say, I would like to do some more investigation on that, but please keep it safe. Uh, looking down at him, crouch a little closer and whisper, And she is going to be coming for you if you don't tell us where he is. And once again, you get a picture of the Colot Towers. He seems to think the Manchun is in the Kolot Towers. All right. <clears throat> and I put my fists together, my eyes go white, and I use my last third level slot to do ascending to a Ross Zik. And I say, we believe that uh, Manchun is in the Kolot Towers. Hope Eras wasn't taking a shit. And Aras responds immediately, like as though he was expecting your sending, and immediately says, Excellent, please return to the Watchful Order so that we can plan what to do next. Aras says to, to come on back to the Order. Well, what do we do with this one? Do you want Himalaya? Is this gonna, are you gonna arrest him and charge him? Or, I mean, I don't think he was there during the whatever it was that happened in that theater. He's definitely coming back with us. We can't let him out of our sight. And I grab him. We can tie him to the bear. <laughs> I grab him by like his neck or collared shirt. And I just look at him. Don't resist. And I also forgot that I had intimidating presence. So <laughs> he is... He must succeed a wisdom saving throw if he is intimidated by me. DC 14. Okay, and I'm going to say his disadvantage on this because he's currently held and covered in honey. (laughs) It's the honey. The honey just fucks people up, man. Yeah. It's a good thing that he had disadvantage because one of those rolls was a natural 20, but the other one was a four. So uh, he still is unable to move himself at this moment because Bernie is still concentrating. So you are, he doesn't give any response verbally but you do think you see his eyes widen a bit and you're, you're pretty sure that he's a little afraid of you i'm gonna ask for the ring back may I see the ring please of course and then while still holding on to this guy she'll hand over the, the ring as we move back to our destination to drop this guy off i'm gonna try and identify on this ring to get all the details on it respect Sure. It uh, emanates an aura of conjuration magic, and you uh, know that this ring is necessary in order to activate a specific teleportation circle. Circle? Yeah. Yeah, you think this is the way that people get in and out of wherever it is that's, you know, if Manchun is in the tower, if the tower has a teleportation circle, it leads somewhere else that you're unsure of, but this, this is how they get to him and how he probably moves around. Aaliyah, you would know that any Zentarum that you were able to take into custody, you would know where to bring them to. 
and the rest and you are not beholden to go back to the watchful order so uh, you can go with them uh but carry you can basically get this prisoner tied up and bring him back without much resistance um but it's up to you whether you want to go back to the watchful order or take this guy where he needs to go yeah can i take this guy where he needs to go and then question um what was her name the actress madame benedicta uh yeah Everybody else seems to be heading back to the Watchful Order, and you're going to take this guy and go off. Um, As she walks away with the prisoner, kind of bidding goodbyes and saying that she'd see you guys later, uh, you all head back to the Watchful Order, where Aras is very excited. He is currently surrounded by half a dozen people who are all actively searching through papers, actively spellcasting. Some of them are doing sendings. And uh, Aras pulls you all aside and says, thank you. This is uh, amazing that you were able to find this information very quickly. I am in touch with the Open Lord right now, and we are going to put together a, a team to make sure that Manchun is taken care of. But your your experience in this was tremendous and vital, and to be able to do this as quickly as you did is amazing. Uh, in this case, this is a delicate operation that we have specialists for. So while I appreciate your enthusiasm, this is beyond even my capabilities. I slip the ring into Jonathan's hand. Okay. Uh-huh. I say to him as quietly as possible, tell him what the ring does. Master Zick, this is the signet ring we pulled off the Zent agent, and we have, we believe that it is the means by which the agents uh, teleport into and out of wherever Manchun is hiding. <laughs> Although if you had said Manchun wrong again, it probably would have been. It would have been part of the bit. That's it fine. Yeah. Part of the bit. It's it a thing. <laughs> he takes it and nods and says, excellent. This will only help in, in, in our progress. I need to, I need to get this to, I, I need to get this to uh, Silverhand. I need to get this to the Blackstaff. I need to, please excuse me. And he rushes off with the ring. As he rushes off, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular looks at Zed and gives him a... Thanks, man. Zed nods slowly and turns and starts walking to the door. Oh, uh, Zed, actually. Yes? How good are you at foosball? <laughs> we'll pause there. <laughs> All right. That scene ends for just a moment as uh, we pan out on Zed's quizzical look at the mention of foosball and the <laughs> five of you s- successful in your hunt. And uh, we fade over to Aaliyah, who, as you are dragging this Zentarum agent uh, with you, you duck around a corner and standing at the end of a not very surprisingly dark alley that you've purposely found is is a familiar figure. You see in front of you a tall drow in beautiful artisan robes. He's got this cape on his back with these silver spider clasps and is holding a quarter staff on uh, to his side with a jewel on the end. And you recognize this figure as uh, your contact. And as he steps forward, he looks at you and says, were you successful? I was. What did you find? We found out that Manchun, Manchun, <laughs> she, 
<laughs> it's infectious. It's just reality. Yeah. <laughs> we found out that Manshoon might be hiding in those towers. Hmm. So it is true. It is. And there was a ring that I couldn't keep just yet. But it was part of a teleportation thing. This is valuable information. And he kind of leans forward, pulls back his hood a little bit. Uh, and you can see that tucked into the back of his hood is a, a bird, a, a small phoenix that you recognize as his familiar from before. And it peeks out the side and kind of joins its head next to his head. And you see these strange green eyes that look like the eyes of a fish. And the drow says, the Xanathar will be very interested in your full report. I nod. And we'll end there. And oh, you were successful. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you were all successful in exactly what you had to do. This is amazing. Thank you so much. I know this was kind of a crazy thing for everybody to do, um, but it was it was so much fun. So those of you who are new to Dungeon Drunks, we have uh, information at the end of the show in our credits for how you can follow us more. But I wanted to, to give a special thanks to Kyle and Anna for joining us on this crazy little adventure and bringing along some amazing Thank characters. You. Thanks for having us. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. great. Thank you. That it's was nice so to meet good. another half-orc in this world. <laughs> and another Eric Kirkra. Uh Kyle, where can people find out more about, about you and the stuff that you do? So you can find me on twitch.tv slash mazarcon and sometimes on twitch.tv slash dnd. I pop into Geek and Sundry from time to time and various other locations. Fun DD things you can find on that. And Anna, how about you? You guys can find me on twitch.tv slash cyborgpizza with the P-S-Y. Uh, I do different games. I do music. I'm starting D&D soon. And I also am part of WebDM's D&D Thursday games, as well as WanderQuest. Yay! And of course, you can find me on Twitter at PileVote. What's yours, Anna? Oh, yeah. Mine is Anna B. Photo. Yeah, thanks for mining. Excellent. And you can find the rest of us at our usual homes at Dungeon Drunks and at our website, Dungeon Drunks. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode six. Please stick around on this channel for future episodes in the in this adventure, including uh, a chance in where I'm going to get to play in a, in a future game. What? And I'm excited. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe another Eric Coker is going to be showing up because Eric Coker are awesome. Uh, but thank you so much. And... Yay! 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 We did it! <laughs> Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.